welcome to another edition of Full Time Out with K-Blacks and everybody's uncle. Fresh off the women's national title game. What up, Bonk? What up, Kev? Yeah, I'm good, man. What'd you think about that game? Man, hey, that that last game was exciting, man. It was exciting. Uh, close, close one. Uh, you know, the underdog almost pulled it off. You know what I mean? Uh, damn, I just wish they would have got a better shot. Yeah, no, it was hard. And, and you know, honestly, Stanford, I, I, I guess you can see that they, they're used to playing Arizona. They were not surprised by anything Eric McDonald was doing. You know, they, they kind of had a recipe to to slow her down. And it showed on that last possession where they just said, you know what, we're going to triple team her, send two over six feet guys at her. And, you know, she couldn't really get a good shot. Yeah, no, that, definitely that's what it looked. But you know what, though? I felt like the thing is, for most of the game, I felt like she did have some good looks, though. It's just she wasn't making them. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even feel like they actually, except for the last position, you're right, the last position, they threw, like, three girls at her. You know what I'm saying? With five seconds, she probably thought she didn't have enough time to, you know, to get rid of the ball or whatever the case was. Yeah. Um, but I felt for most part of the game, like, she did, you know what I'm saying, uh, get the proper shot. It's just, you know what I'm saying, she, a lot of easy ones, she wasn't making them. But didn't you feel like they were sending early help when, whenever she was on the left side of the court, you know, when she was, she, she didn't get that many buckets with her left and in the paint. Right, right, definitely. Definitely. That, on that, they, they definitely did a better job uh, than UConn, for sure. Yeah, and then, Honestly, most of the teams that had to face uh, her during the tournament right. because she was on a tear of going for 30 points every game. And, you know, in that matchup, you felt like, yeah, you know, it's a little harder today. Just yeah. familiarity, you know, you've seen, not only you've seen a tape, but you've gone against her and they've had success doing certain things. So it felt like, you know, they just repeated the same recipe that they've done throughout the season against Arizona, so, yeah. Right, this is what, like, the third time they play each other? Third, fourth? Yeah, exactly. So It's yeah. so hard to beat the same team, like, three, two, three times. Like, it's so tough, man. Like, I always say that, like, I would rather play a team that I haven't played at all than, you know what I'm saying, trying to beat a team that I've beaten, like, two, three times in the same season, you know what I mean? Because they come with so many adjustments, and you yes. kept beating them, so you don't even know what to expect you can expect a whole different team than you've seen you know previously definitely that's true exactly because <laughs> the thing is and the 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 prior they played three times actually they didn't play in the pac-12 tournament but the the first two times sanford beat them by 14 and um how much did they beat them the first time by almost 30. You know, so yeah. Arizona came in with a with a game plan to make sure that they wouldn't get blown out, and they really of course. Tried to slow down the pace, really tried to use their physicality to their advantage. And you saw that, you know, the pressure that they were bringing on those girls it, as soon as they crossed half court, because it wasn't that hard to cross half court. But as soon as they crossed half court, you know, they had no breathing room. And, right. And I think that was the biggest adjustment that that, that Arizona made in order to make that game a little more even for themselves, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no, definitely a great game. And those two Final Four games, I think, this. <laughs> the last two Stanford games, man, <laughs> I think people aged 
20 years, you know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and that game against South Carolina was very stressful as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, these games, these games could definitely, definitely get super stressful for you, man. Like, you're watching them and you're like, and sometimes I hate watching them because I'm like, man, I, I'd rather be on the court so I have control of what I'm doing yeah. versus betting on somebody else, you know what I'm saying, getting the dead for me. I'm like, come on, man. I, I don't think I, I can watch this, man. It's, it's been crazy. Nah, for real, <laughs> You know, and in those two games, they didn't have the last shot. They had to make a stop. It's like, it's a lot harder. Like, it's a lot more stressful, I think, having to make the stop because, you know, you have, you're not, you're not in control of what you're doing. I mean, you know what? It depends, though. It depends what your DNA is. You know, we should actually have a poll about that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What you rather, you know what I mean? Uh, having the last shot or having to make the last stop. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends what your DNA is, you know, because if you, if your team, you know what I'm saying, is really unstoppable offensively, then yeah. you're like, man, let me get the last shot. Yeah. But if you lock up for real, you know what I'm saying, and you know they ain't got nothing for you, then you could definitely, you know what I'm saying, be like, you know what I mean, I, I already made my shot. I'm already up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, if that's the case, if you're up, actually, you know what, that may play a part into it too, though. You know what I'm saying? Are you up or are you down? You know what I'm saying? The situation or is it a tie game? Like, in, what's in, happening? In, in their two situations, they were up and the, the other team had to make the basket in order to win the game. So they were up one on South Carolina <sighs> and South Carolina had blew a layup to win it and here they were up one and Arizona had the last shot. Man, that's tough. I hate being up one, man. I hate, <laughs> like, I hate when the game is close. And it's like tie, tie, and then somebody goes to a free throw line and makes one, and now the difference is one. I hate that. Yeah. Now it's like, yo, this whole time, like, there's no true security. You know what I mean? Like, it's either you're down one or you're only up one, and that ain't nothing because it only takes a free throw, you know what I'm saying, to wash the whole thing up. I hate that. That's facts. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, it's essentially, would you rather be in Arizona's spot versus would you rather be in, in, in Stanford's spot in that situation? Right. You know, because, and I don't know, I feel like if you're creative enough, you could probably find a good shot and live with the results. This, this is the thing, though. If you have, because the thing is, this is why, you know what, I just, it just came up to me why I would have rather be in Stanford's situation. Well, Stanford's a big team, right? Yeah. And I feel like in these cases, because you're tall and you can switch on everything, yeah. it doesn't impact you as much mm-hmm. as it would have, you know what I'm saying, in any other situation. That's my first thing. Yeah. My second thing is, if the other team has, like, a killer, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, a page, you know what I'm saying, and even Paige, like, she's a freshman, so physically... You can still get by with a few things, but if they have a killer like that who you know when the ball touches their hand, they can make a shot from anywhere from three all the way to layup to mid-range pulling up, well, then like you're panicking. Say what? Kind of like Ari McDonald tonight. Yes, but she was also not playing her best game, so you, you were able to gamble on that. And like you said, because you're taller, you send those taller girls... She's not getting off that three off those taller girls. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, she doesn't have that advantage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, if, let's say, Ari was, like, 6'4", then, yeah, I'm panicking. Because I'm like, she can get that shot off anywhere, anyhow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think that also comes to my mind as far as, like, me wanting to play defense on the last possession or, you know what I'm saying, uh, me having the last shot. Because the way I've seen it, it's like, I don't know what she drew. You know what I'm saying? Ari got the ball. And then it was like a scramble. It was basically one for low from there. Right. And, and they just yeah. pack it up top <laughs> on her, and she couldn't get it off. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I think, <laughs> I don't know if that was, you know, it wasn't very creative, but at the same time, that's a player that had, you know, a couple 30-point games and just feel like she's a senior. She, she's going to figure it out. Yeah. Anytime she touches the ball, she has a matchup. That's true. You know, because she's so quick. She's so, she's so, you know, creative with the basketball. She's so, yeah. Maybe she shouldn't have been the first one to touch the ball. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe and somebody should have got it, six. have her on the run. Yeah, like, make, you know, come off a handoff or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that, that would have been a better situation for them. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, great game, great Final Four. I think, you know, I think, it, I think that shows that there's, there's a possibility for women to, you know, get a lot more notoriety because I'm pretty sure those Final Four games were very, very well watched. You know. Oh, definitely. I think they had a lot of views. Yeah. So it tells you that you know people are interested if you if you have the put the effort into you know promoting the game and i think the fact that espn had those games on their channel they really put the uh the emphasis on those games and not so much necessarily on the men's game since they don't have the contract so you know people were tuned in right that plays a part you know if you promote it people are going to be intrigued and if they're intrigued they're going to watch for sure for sure definitely no you're right it's it's all about promote because there's some great, great basketball being played. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? If you appreciate the game being played the right way, you know what I'm saying, you know, with, with these girls competing at the level that they're competing, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're definitely going to appreciate watching these games. Yes, definitely. Oh, definitely. Because, and you know, especially, I think we were talking about it uh, at some point, because, because they, they're not as athletic sometimes and they can't necessarily get by with as much athletically in women's basketball, mm-hmm. the emphasis is such on the fundamentals that, you know, it makes it really fun to watch if you're a teacher also and if you're yep. somebody that's trying to learn the game because you see that the emphasis is put on, you know, those really sound fundamentals. 100%, yeah. So. Definitely. No, you're, you're right. If you're definitely a teacher, like, are you even a teacher if you're not watching these girls play? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what you should probably ask yourself. Are you even a teacher? Because, no, you're right. Because something as as, as nerdy and as, as as stupid as other people may see, may think, I was just watching them and uh, Stanford was playing, and they just, one of the girls was on the 45, and, you know what I'm saying, the other one was posting up. And yeah. I guess they kind of play her over the top. So, you know, she pushed her up a little bit, gave her the angle, the girl lobbed it to her, and it was on point. Boom, touched it, didn't bring it down, layup. We out of here. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, that is so beautiful, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that is so simple and beautiful. Like, ain't no need for me to be lazy about the way I'm posting up just so I can catch the ball and make up. No move needed. Yeah. She did the work early. The girl saw her, lobbed at the right place. She touched it, didn't bring it down, let it up, and she added it. That's two points. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, not, not a lot of dribbles were taken for that no. to end in a basket. You know? No, no. And the thing is, a lot of athletic, you know what I'm saying, especially on the guy's side, they don't realize that if you're able to do that, you can get a quick 10 early yeah. before you get into your bag. Yeah. So it makes your bag seem even a lot deeper than it really is just because of you you do the little fundamental stuff that gets you a lot of easy ones yeah well that's a that's the early kd recipe you know Why there you go K, kd won a lot of scoring titles it's just a lot of the easy buckets that he was getting just uh, yep. a nice cut right there mm-hmm. run the lanes <laughs> yeah. he runs fast and he has a, a bucket mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the little things but no definitely uh fun to watch man like you said, are you even a teacher if you if you don't watch women's basketball? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but aside from that, you know, let's move on to the to the man side because you know those were some. I mean, one game that was nice because you know it was really a clinic in terms mm-hmm. of how to play great solid defense, especially in the first half between Baylor and Houston. Right. And the other one was just an instant classic. Right. I mean, was it one of the greatest games you've ever watched? Yeah, it, it could be up there. It's up there with the Nova uh, UNC game. Yeah. Because that, hey, man, that was crazy. The last few possessions was crazy. But you know what? This was one of the best games, not because of what happened with the last shot. It's just I've been loving watching UCLA go through these teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like... The discipline. The discipline. Like, you look at the on paper, they have no business being there. Oh, hold up, though. And that's the, the thing about UCLA. Right. On paper, they do have some business. They were inconsistent, but you look at the talent on that team. Right. Between Cody Riley, Johnny Juzang, um, Tiger Campbell, those were highly, highly talented recruits. Once again, Johnny had had an off year. So you kind of, you kind of forget what Johnny is until now. But he was still a five-star guy that went to Kentucky. That's a fact. And at Kentucky playing 12 minutes a game, averaging what, two points or whatever it was, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of forget that he was that dude. And I think right now he's reminded us that, yo, I am him, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, <laughs> you feel me? Like, talk, you know what I mean? Like, that's how, I, you know what I mean? Because we, we, I felt like we, we forgot what Johnny could do. You know what I mean? Like, for Johnny to be performing with last night, I felt like he was the best player on the court. Yes. And, and, and that was one of the things we mentioned about Gonzaga, if they would lose. You know, right. because we said throughout the year, anytime they played, they always had probably the three best guys on the court. Facts. And so the other team really never had a chance to win because if you don't have the best guy on the court, at least, or, you know, two of the three best guys or something like that, 
then you don't really have a chance to win the ball game. Right. Because you're, all, right. you're outmatched at, at, at least two positions. That's a fact. Um, but in their case, Johnny was the best guy. And I think Tiger went toe-to-toe with any of the guards. Yeah. So it was really like, well, now it's a situation where they could lose a game because they don't necessarily have that margin for error that they usually have. Yeah. No, but yeah, Johnny reminded us that yeah, you know he's a high, you know he was a high pedigree guy and he was a highly touted recruit for a reason. You know, he, all tournament and not just that game, twenty nine against Gonzaga, but all all tournament long, he was just incredible. No, Johnny, hey, Johnny been in that bag all tournament. Yeah, no, Jenny, Johnny definitely definitely showed that you know it was about that life. Um, but you know, also, also the thing is what, what I felt like about that game is, and we, we talked about it before is that Gonzaga's defense is not the greatest. Their offense is amazing. And I think it showed because, uh, despite the fact that UCLA pretty much played a perfect game, they were able to just match those baskets every time. Right. You know? But no, de- go ahead. But at the same time, it's like if a team like Baylor, that's really a team that can shut you down, uh, and also score, comes through with their defense and is able to get by offensively like UCLA did. I mean, it it, it smells trouble for the Zags. Oh, definitely, definitely, and I think it gave it gave a little you know preview of what could potentially happen in the finals matchup at the same time you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna jump to the guns because you know uh it is basketball sometimes it's, it's kind of like boxing is about matchup right mm-hmm. and you know i think if zags could do certain things that they you know they've been good at doing as far as like with the bigs uh tim uh you know kind of neutralizing certain things i think that you know what i'm saying that could help them out but that little bit that they showed versus UCLA man it, it kind of got me worried for them you know what I mean because that was like the first team that was not scared of them yeah. you know what I'm saying like and they played UCLA not only because like I said I felt like on paper <laughs> they were you know they were not that team but you know what I'm saying going back to what you said they they were you know what I'm saying, guys that had some pride and, you know what I'm saying, that like there weren't no punks on that paper. And the way they've been getting coached, yeah. uh, you mix that up, and right now it's like, you know what I'm saying, like that's why you got the matchup that you did. You know what I'm saying? Like they were not scared of no Gonzaga. You know what I'm saying? They're like, man, we've been through it all. We weren't even supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're we going to swing like that, and that's how they were swinging. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they didn't even care, and those teams are dangerous. Yeah. They were in the playing end games. What can Gonzaga do to them right now? You know what I'm saying? That's going to be worse than whatever expectation anybody had on them. Yeah. Because you said it before, you know, when when you have nothing to lose, you basically swing wildly. And they, like, you could feel that maybe they did swing wildly because they didn't have anything to lose, but they didn't. They just played their style and they really had a game plan. Right. You know, they came in, they're like, you know what? We're going to try to be efficient in the half court. We're not going to try. Whenever they would try to push it, you you, you heard Mick Cronin just be like, yo, hold it Chill. back. Chill. 
Chill. And <laughs> yeah. coaches find the best shot in half court situations. Right. And that's what. <laughs> and I think that's what made that game so great because it wasn't. It was a high scoring game. You know, ninety three ninety in college is a high scoring game. Even though it hell yeah into overtime, but it was because you know it was buckets in the half court. It was just teams executing properly. I don't right. think there were a whole lot of turnovers in that game. No. Nah. And, and UCLA, you know, before the final, uh, the final four, they had 35 turnovers in five games. And it tells you about, you know, the discipline that they were playing with. And just, and that's just great coaching. Shout out to Mick Cronin, man. He coached a hell of a tournament. Oh, uh, he did. He I did. I think that team showed, you know, that hey, he deserved that job. You know, he was, oh. maybe people thought he was, you know, the fourth, fifth candidate, whatever. Um, it didn't matter because he, he, he truly showed that he was the man for the job. Listen, if that if that was not UCLA, I would have probably told you that that man is not staying there. <laughs> <laughs> He's leaving this year. Yep. That's facts. But, you know, maybe they just have their man for the next 20 years. Right, right. You know, they got to take care of him, man, because he, he did a tremendous job, man. Like I said, considering... The fact that UCLA was in a playing in game. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you said it because the thing is, you can look at it this way, right? If we look at it like they had a lot of talent, then that means he underachieved in regular season. They were inconsistent during the regular season, and I think that's that's the thing. And I don't know if he underachieved because once they got into conference play, they were really good. They were no, I'm okay, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Once they got into conference play, that they, they picked it up. Yeah, exactly. And they were okay. first in the Pac-12 for, a, you know, a huge chunk of the season uh, before Oregon pulled it off. But, you know, I think the fact is when they, they started off the season, it was, you know, kind of a weird year. And their first game was against San Diego State. It was a pretty good team. Uh, they got beat up. So, you know, people felt like, you know, they didn't deserve necessarily the respect. But if you saw them play as the year went on, they got better and better. And right, I think it showed that you know they were heading in the right direction, and they put it all together and uh, at the right time. At the right time, you know. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy because I, I ain't even had them coming out of the plane in games <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, they were down. They were down like fifteen to Michigan State in that. Yeah, game. yeah. So it goes to show you. You know, it's like, yeah, they were not literally were not supposed to be there. Man, that that really felt like when Floyd got hit by Mosley and he was supposed to be knocked out and came back and just picked Mosley apart. That's really what they they looked like. They were down fifteen. They went from being down fifteen to putting the paws on 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 Gonzaga, and you know what I mean. Like that shot was a great shot, but you know what I'm saying. If I'm them, I'm walking out with my head high because listen, that was a prayer that he threw up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care what nobody says. That was a prayer. It was contested. It was far. You know what I'm saying? It was a runner, the clock running down on a tie game. You know what I mean? All that ball needed to do was bounce off the rim, get out of there, and they were going to second OT. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Which gives them a solid opportunity to, you know, to, to secure that game. Yeah. And, and also, we can't forget about, you know, the call, you know, and at the regulation. Right. Because... You know, you could if I if I'm a UCLA fan, I could think to myself, well, you know what, that was a block. Uh, Facts. You're putting Johnny ninety percent from free throw line at the line at that point. 
we could bet that he probably mixed those and, and they go on to win the final four game. Exactly. So, no, nah, there's no other way to get out of that game with a, other than a, a head high because, man, what they showed last time was incredible. Right. No, definitely, definitely. A lot of a lot of respect for for those kids and a lot of respect for for the coaching staff. I think yeah. they. they coach really well in the tournament and they were able to you know they 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 out uh, they you know they out coach their opponent and the players they outplayed you know what i'm saying their opponents yeah no and it's especially like yeah i think mick putting those players in the right positions every, every game uh definitely out coach but i think the players definitely outplayed you know guys from other teams just because they showed that you know there's a reason why we're at UCLA. Right. So in a sense, you know, because UCLA doesn't recruit anybody. I mean, they they try to get the best guys and especially the best guys from the West Coast. So, you know, those guys showed that, yeah, we're, we're really talented players. We're really right. good. Right. Um, the other matchup uh, between Baylor and Houston was pretty similar teams. Mm-hmm. What'd you get out of that game? Man, Baylor is just—it's too much of a beast. But you know what? It, it, it's funny that you said it's a pretty equal matchup team. But I feel like the conference play not part. Equal matchups. No, but and I uh, not match in the, in the style in the way they play. Okay. Yeah. It. You know what they are? Uh, similar in style, but the conference—the DNA of the conference—came into play. You know what I'm saying? How physical we always said, you know what I'm saying, uh, Baylor's conference was. And that, essentially, that was the game changer. They beat, yeah. they, they beat up on them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it was. It was like, yo, we're going to wear you out. Like like I said earlier, off, off record, I was like, yo, they suffocate them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's what it came down to. Like, I used to think Houston was physical. Yeah. And they just got out physical, you know what I mean? And and I think, like I said, the DNA of the conference kind of came into play right there where it's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> on the broadcast, uh, not on the broadcast, because on the pregame show, you had Jay Billis saying, you know, Baylor should expect uh, some physicality from Houston. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, but have you seen those Baylor players? <laughs> no. They look like they work out with their football team. <laughs> For real. <laughs> like, between Evian Mitchell, Masio Teague, um, even oh, Mark Vital is probably, you know, the most physical player in the Final Four. Come on, man. So it was just like, man, nah, that team was a different type of physical. Those, those guys are men. They're adults. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys are adults. They the hell, like, yeah. They're ready to go pro and compete with the pros. So yeah, in in either NFL or damn NBA. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> just the pros. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have to specify the, the league. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nah, it was they. It, it was crazy. It it was that matchup, but you know what I'm saying. I think another thing too is, and that's what's so dangerous about a team like that that can defend like Baylor, is when their offense is connecting. Yeah. Man, it's over with. And that's unfortunately Houston cut the worst <laughs> of Baylor. You know what I mean? Where everything was connecting. Offensively, they were ready. 
you know what I'm saying, knocking down shots. And defensively, they were locked in just all over the place, being physical. And they were just too much. And I think that's a part of their team that people underrate, honestly, how skilled those guards are. Like, right. Often people talk about how good defensively, like Devion Mitchell and, you know, Jared Butler are. But they can really break you down and make shots off the dribble, you know, catch yeah. isolation situations. And Devion didn't have to score last game. He had like 11 assists. We just yeah. And he can break you apart and he can pick you apart and just, you know, break down the defense and find guys and they're going to make shots. Like, those guys are good ball players. Right. So, it, yeah, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, like, and, and you know Bailey is good when, because there was time that Houston was fighting back. Like, yeah. they were desperately fighting back. And normally, in any other team, they could bring the game close. You know what I'm saying? Like, below 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Keep it respectable. Yeah. But like you said, Baylor was so good that this, you know what I'm saying, they weathered the storm and, you know, guys hit big shots and right back, stretch it right back to the 20s again. You know what I'm saying? that that I think at that moment, I'm sure, you know what I'm saying, uh, the guys at Houston were like, oh, yeah, this is it, man. I don't think, you know what I'm saying, we can, ain't nothing we can do with these guys. Yeah. And you even heard uh, Calvin Sanson after the game, like, this is this is really a tough team to play, you know. Right. Just uh, a tough matchup because they don't they don't make it easy on you to get whatever you want offensively, and then defensively you have to really figure out how to stop those guards. You know, right? Because they're so skilled with the ball. So, yeah. No, I, it's gonna make for a great championship game. It's the matchup that we all wanted. You know. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's it's gonna be a great. You know what I'm saying? Finals game because, you know, sometimes we get excited about situations like that and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't pan out to be what we thought, you know what I'm saying, was going to be. And I, don't, I hope that's not what it is. Well, when's the last time we had a, a, a really lopsided finals? Man, that's think, a good question. I think the last few ones have been because. Yeah, the last few ones has been solid. Yeah. Because, you know, last The one before last year, who, oh, that was a tough one. That was Texas Tech. Um, Virginia. Virginia. Yo, that was tough. That, that was, was tough. tough. I, I hope it's one of those. I hope yeah. it's one of those. Because then, because before that, 2018, who won in 2018? Uh, I want to say Nova. Was it Nova? Yeah, it's Noel. Yeah, Nova killed Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, they blew them out. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was not that close. But Nova, Nova was a different beast, though. Yeah, Nova think, was clinical surgery stuff right there. Yeah, I think the 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 offensive team that Nova was is basically like the the was the beta version of Gonzaga. Like Gonzaga right. is the advanced version of what Nova was that year. Yeah, you know, and it's like they they play this NBA style offense. They focus mainly on just getting the most efficient shots, layups, and threes, and right. selfless basketball. So. We'll see. If, if I hope, I hope that Baylor's defense is high quality enough, or that their offense can just, you know, make up for it. Uh, right. And just go toe to toe with the with the Gonzaga offense. Yeah, that would be amazing. No, that that would be. I man, I hope it's a show. Yeah. Honestly. Um, who have been some of the standout players in in this Final Four for you? 
aside from Johnny. We discussed Johnny. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, man. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny is my guy, yo. Johnny, Johnny has been amazing. But um, man, I, I like Tim. Uh, yeah, um, you know what? What I, you know what I when I was like, man, he's that dude. Is when they play USC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they play USC, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, all right, you got my attention. You definitely got my attention. Um, <laughs> just because, first of all, I I seen his high school highlights, and he was always, you know, what I'm saying like he's always so entertaining. As far as like you know, the little extra that he does when he scores and things like that, but. Yeah. <laughs> Like I always love when there's like um there's like a Goliath type guy and you have this guy who's not who may not have the same tools but because they're so polished, yep. they're still able to do certain things and that's why I like him against USC. Um uh, because uh Ivan uh what was it? Ivan? Uh Isaac Mobley. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we compare him to Anthony Davis a lot as far as like oh, the Evan defensively the, 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 Evan, the, yeah. yeah Evan. So you know what I'm saying? Like we can point to Anthony Davis a lot on the defensive side. And the way he went at his neck, it was like Anthony Davis who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and I love that because like I said, like a lot of times when you when players get labeled like that you know what I'm saying? Like, they're even scared to do anything because they're like, man, they said he's good defensively. They said he did this to these people. Yeah. They said he did that. So, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he he wasn't even phased by it. He was like, man, what? You know what I mean? Just throwing hooks, shot faking, attacking them, posting them up, ditching the ball, doing it all. You know what I'm saying? I was like, wow. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I said, like, the matchup against Baylor, if he can do some of those to Baylor's bigs, that could be a problem. Yeah. That could be. I mean, that 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 is. I think he's the most important player on Gonzaga. Yes. Because whenever, because sometimes their, their offense falters on the perimeter. Sometimes. Yeah. Like guys can get necessarily the matchup that they wanted, and you know they're not necessarily going to get by off the dribble uh, around certain guys, but they can just always throw it, you know, down to him. Mm-hmm. Throw it inside, and he yep. has all the solutions, especially mm-hmm. if you guard him one on one. If you don't yep. double him when he has his back to the basket, yep. he's going to cook you because that yep. footwork is next level. Yep, yep. And that is why I said it could be a matchup thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's uh, the game tomorrow could be depend on what the matchup is because the reason why UCLA was able to face up is their bigs are like that too. They move well, UCLA's yep. bigs. Yep. So automatically kind of neutralize you know what I'm saying, him a little bit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, you got that, we got that punch too. Yeah. What now? You know what I'm saying? But now, tomorrow is going to be who can impose their will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, are they going to heavily just bully them? Or he's going to take them in and out where, you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, you can't, you know what I mean? Kind of like we, we said, man, like, what's the point of having a, a hard knockout punch if you can't land it? You know what I'm saying? So if these dudes are heavy, but they're busy chasing them around, then automatically you might have to take them out and try to match up <laughs> to them. And as soon as you match up to them, you're in their court now. You know what I mean? So that could be interesting if that you know they can impose those their will. Yeah, because they're they're gonna have to make a decision if they play uh, Ch- uh Jonathan versus they play Mayor. Right. Because if they play 
Jonathan, then yeah, you can just run around him and just cook him that way, like you said. Right. But Mayor may not maybe not as good defensively, but he's a little more mobile. Right. So maybe that gives them a chance to, you know, probably go smaller. Because uh, Gonzaga's best lineup is five guards, uh, well, four guards with Timmy inside. Right. So the match is probably going to be Vital on, uh, what's the name, Corey Kispert. Probably have Devion Mitchell on Jalen Suggs. Uh, Jared Butler on probably Nambard, and then Masio Tig on Ayai. Right. And then you, you and, and Mayor goes toe to toe with with uh, with teammate. So I, I feel like that's gonna end up being what they do, just match up trap because that's also Baylor's best offensive lineup. Right. You know, so maybe you're just gonna have to go with that. Put your best five against my best five. You know. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that's that's gonna end up being the solution that they go with because. Yeah, I think Jonathan is probably going to be in foul trouble in three minutes going up against against. Oh, that, hey, <laughs> all those up and unders, all those you know. All of it. Uh, yeah, that's going to frustrate him. He's going to be jumping all over the place and just you know fouling and fouling and fouling. So, yeah, uh, if and and I don't think like Baylor is not a team that necessarily doubles right away. You know, they usually come once you take two or two dribbles you're you're closer to the paint that's when double comes but sometimes uh what's his name drew tim it doesn't necessarily need that to get his back buckets going right uh, it, he, he often gets it on spots on the court where it's super hard to double because if he's if he's backing you down in the middle of the paint you can't really come double on either side you know because at that right. point you have cutters going from either side and they have shooters all over the court and if you come with that double while he's facing up, then he can see everything, and he's just gonna pick you apart. Yep, he's gonna definitely pick you apart, and you don't want to be out there running all over the place. Yeah, because I, I got twenty-two points, just cutting really well. Really well, and <laughs> posting up little mismatches and things like that. Exactly, like he made a few threes here and there, but it was really he cut well. They were finding him, so and that's one of the dangers of playing Gonzaga because. They're so selfless, right? No. So anybody anybody can get buckets, and they really don't care who gets the bucket. Right, right. And, and, and I think that's what makes them so dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like teams like that, like, like I like to call them strength in numbers. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, everybody eats. You know what yeah. I mean? The ball moves, and it, it, it makes you very dangerous, you know? But... The, now the thing is the, the 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 bad part I think actually no I was about to say that the, the only thing that goes against a team like that is when you're able to neutralize that automatically they kind of get lost because you need that alpha that's going to be like alright I got us you know what I'm saying for a few possession but I think it's pretty much decided who their main guy is it's Drew say what? it's Timmy yeah yeah I think it, it boils down to that. I think when it comes down to it, it's to me. But also, I don't even know, because at the end of that game uh, against UCLA, I felt like they were really comfortable with the pick-and-roll matchups that they were getting with uh, Nambard. Right. 
and I felt. But don't you feel like that came from the fact that the UCLA was defending so well? They kind of were comfortable with Neymar because that three that Neymar hit to them, I'm sure on the scouting report, they probably like will live with it. Well, we'll live with it, but Neymar is is an NBA player. He is, he is. But the thing is, do you rather he picks you up? He picks you apart doing what he does extremely well, or you rather him step back three? Because Neymar doesn't necessarily look to shoot. He usually looks to facilitate yeah. or get into the basket. So it's like when you decided to play like you played him, it was more like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Let's force him to do something that we know he's not about to do. And then when he did it, it was like, damn, all right, sh- we're in trouble now. Are you sure, though? Because I feel like in, in, in that case, they, they would rather have not switched that situation. And they were forced into a switch, and then it was like, man, let's try to make the best out of it. Right. Because if, if all game long, they were just trying to, you know, hedge and recover quickly. Right. You know, just not to leave those bigs in the, la- in, the in that island. But at the end of the game, I felt like Nambor was taking the screen so well that yeah. it forced the switch. And I, that's where, I agree with you. And that's where Gonzaga was, was comfortable. And it's like, whoever they feel like is in the best position where you can take advantage of something that the different offers that's right. who they're going to go to. Right. Now, yeah. you're right that Nam did a good job stalling long enough to confuse them to into a switch. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that's 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 the danger of, about that team. It's like, if it's Corey Kispert, for instance, that's got the hot hand, I feel like they're going to go to him. Right. You know, so they become super unpredictable, and I think at, uh, what's his name on the broadcast also uh, the the old coach from VTech said Greenberg, right? He was making a point of you know because they play off principles and not necessarily uh, specific plays, you can't scout it. Do you agree right. with that statement? That uh, repeat that because they're playing off principles and not off what plays. Yeah, exactly. You can't scout it? Yeah. I mean, I think you you can, but you're right that it's a lot easier to, to scout a play because a play ends, you know what I'm saying, as soon as you understand what the play is. But yeah. pattern, um, I feel like pattern, it's more like, um, sorry, not pattern, but um, a principles, it's more based on whatever read is there at the moment. That is there. Yeah, but so I, I, yeah. It, yeah. So I feel like you know it's, it, you know you can scout it, but it's not as easier to scout as scouting a play. No, exactly. Like you can't scout what reads they're gonna make, but I feel exactly. Like player to player, um, you can scout their tendencies. Exactly. And I exactly. Feel like that's what you scout with a team like Gonzaga. You scout player to player and, and and try to really force them to play into the weak, their weaknesses. Right. Right. That, then, you're right. And then you have coverages for specific actions because you understand that, well, if somebody goes back door, then you need to do this. If right. Cutting, you need to do this. If they're in a pick and roll situation, then you need to cover it that way, depending on you know what the coverage that you want to be in. But I feel like that was 
it it felt true at the moment, but I was like thinking about it again. I was like, no, that's not that's, that's not the game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that 100. percent Because that's what they do in the league, though. You're right. Like, I even think you know what to think about it. I don't even like scouting plays. It's no. it's too much for nothing. Like it's annoying. Just scout their tendencies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can run whatever you want. If I know that you coming off that screen or I don't know you coming off that screen, but I know you can't shoot that three, I'm not you know what I'm saying, like running you off the line. I'm just gonna let you catch it and then defend you after. Exactly. Cause the thing is you can always, you know, draw up a play on the fly and you know, switch it up and, and make adjustments on the fly. Right. But people cannot change who they are as basketball players on the fly. You can't. You know, and the thing is, they can try to make a certain read differently. So, for instance, if usually they, they you know, they really turn that corner hard on the pick and roll, if it's a more aggressive point guard, then maybe he's going to try to be a little more patient with it, but that takes away from what he's good at. Right automatically is not maximizing what he usually does yeah you know what i mean so i'm like yeah no you you can scout it there's a way to scout that team it just you need to do it differently than you usually do and i felt like that was a little flawed statement by, by yeah i felt uh, well it's the, you know the type of statement that it, it sounds good in the moment you know what i'm yeah. saying because you're obviously you're speaking about a team that was that is playing really really well <laughs> And when you make a comment like that, it falls into, you know what I'm saying, whatever belief that people seems to have already because they can't label or explain how good, you know what I'm saying, how tough it is to play a team like Gonzaga. So it's like, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what it is. And, you know, as you kind of pick it apart a little more, you realize that there is ways, you know what I'm saying, to scout that type of team. And like you said, players tendencies you know what i'm saying who's a shooter who's a non-shooter who's a driver who's going left who's going right uh you know what i'm saying things like that automatically you know you it's kind of like a one of those master keys you know what i'm saying <laughs> you yeah. you have that type of scouting that you know it's it's good for any type of situation yep. but one of the you know the tough things about gonzaga is that uh, the guys that they trust the most have little to no weaknesses that's the tough part that's, and i think that's the really really hard part like you can see certain things about all those guys but it, you really have to break it down to, to the you know the finest film because like a guy like nambardi is probably ambidextrous you know yo the way he passed that thing with his <laughs> left hand yo, i'm like yo this dude man the hey listen the way he be passing the ball with his left hand and it's just the reads that he's making, and like you said, especially off the pick and roll. I'm like, like, what do you do with this guy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the, the the most, like I said, is force him to be a scorer, which is something that you know his whole career. He, even though he can get buckets, that's not what he's looking for. It's not in his nature. So play, you know what I'm saying? Play him against his his nature. You know what I'm saying? And that's like some of the best thing you can do. Yeah. No, and I and I think. A team like the Zags, you probably have to maybe switch a little more, just force them to in, into one-on-one situation. Because if you try to maybe hedge hard or you know ice or whatever, those guys are going to be able to make that little pocket pass or little things mm-hmm. like that that will put you in a situation where you had a disadvantage. You know, you're playing right. four on three or you know whatever three on two basketball, and 
then they're just going to cook you. But mm-hmm. if you switch and you switch well and you have players that can definitely, you know, guard multiple positions and that are not necessarily liabilities defensively, then at that point, you force them into a one-on-one game, which is not necessarily something they love. Right. You know, and I think that's that may be the recipe that you would try in order to beat that team. Right. Just force them to not necessarily play team basketball. Just Yeah. They, you really have to beat their guy one on one and really try to, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. You're you're right. A, a team that you know, what I'm saying that the strength is in numbers. You kind of divide to conquer, like you said. If if Jalen happens to take more shots than he usually takes, and the and the guys are kind of standing around watching, automatically. You know, like their nature, they're gonna be like, "Damn, they're gonna feel like they haven't been playing, even though they've been running up and down for the past five minutes." And I think that's that's what I was thinking about earlier when you said, um, you know, UCLA was kind of controlling the pace a little bit, where they didn't want to run it up too much. Uh, you know, because that's what happens when you play a team that is as deep as the Zags. You know, what I'm saying when you kind of slow it down a little bit and you don't make it too much of an up tempo game, they can't. You know, they can use their players, but their players are not fulfilled because the game is not as fast as they like it to be. You know what I'm saying? Where you get them in and out, in and out. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think it's going to be an intriguing game, man. It's the game we've been waiting all year. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a matchup that was taken away from us in back in December. Now we get it you know, in April, so we'll see. All right, hands up. Uh, oh, definitely. Anything else, man? You want to touch on? Nah, man. Hey, this is. I hope this is an amazing game, man. I hope this yeah. is what we've been waiting for. You know, what I mean, COVID tried to shut it down, but ain't that ain't happening, man? That ain't happening. COVID can't stop this matchup. It, it had to happen. Yep, that's facts. Oh, by the way, um, just quick side note though, because uh, just want to talk about the. Uh, the buyout market in the league. <laughs> right, right. My, my boy, my boy was talking about that to me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what What do you think? Because a lot of people have been complaining about, oh, you know, it's such an advantage for you know, big market teams, you know, and now small market teams. There should be some kind of penalties for teams for allowing teams to to load up on uh, on a lot of guys like that and whatever, whatever. What's your take on that? Man, listen, man, I I don't care much for it, to be honest. That's what I was telling them earlier. I was like, the reason why is, first of all, it's not for the big market team. It's for the teams that are good enough to take their team far in the playoff. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. If, I mean, whatever, like, Milwaukee's not a big market team. Nope. You know what I'm saying? But they have the talent. So if they have the talent and what they're missing is, whatever player that just got bought out, that player might go there if he sensed that Milwaukee is the place that's going to get him his championship. Yep. Because the move is not a financial move. Nope. It's a it's a winning situation move. So that ain't got nothing to do with small market, you know what I'm saying, or anything like that. So to me, it's like, no, I, I don't agree at all. Like, just let it be like the way it is. Guys, and the thing is, not like these guys are going in there signing for like four-year deals like they're going in there they're literally going after a championship yeah 
but the thing is, like, when they get bought out, they get bought out of a big contract, and the, the team that buys them out uh, pays that contract. So people feel like, you know, the team that gets them should be, should have to pay some part of that contract, you know, just because they get to have uh, a high caliber guy at a low, at a cheaper price. But my point to me, and, and I feel it the exact same way uh, as you do. Um, those guys, and I, and I think I said it before uh, off the record, were not deemed good enough to be traded anywhere. Thank you. They agreed to a buyout for a reason. So, hey, right? No teams came up with an offer that was good enough for that team to be like, you know what, we're going to ship you over there uh, for a couple of pieces. Right. That's first thing first. Um, then the other thing is, a lot of those teams stopped playing those guys. Yeah, and I felt like I right at the time I was like, "This is kind of stupid because why wouldn't you play that guy if you feel like you're gonna move on from him just to keep his market value up?" Right. Be like, you know what? This is a guy that you would want on your team, and then trade deadline comes, you get some offers, and then because the thing is, if you're not playing him, teams know that regardless if they don't do anything, they're gonna get him. They're gonna get him because you. You're not going to have him on your team, and that guy's yeah. going to want to play basketball for that year. Yeah. So yeah. He's not just going to sit there and be like, you know what, don't buy me out. He's yeah. going to be like, well, if you don't find a trade partner for me, you're going to buy me out because I'm yeah. not going to be sitting here for six months not doing anything basketball related because I'm a professional basketball player. Right. You know? So I was really like confused about what the strategy was with those guys. You know? Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. I, I'm with you on that. And like I said, it kind of reminds me of when teams uh they don't draft a certain player because they know they can get them off the you know what I'm saying because they know they're not gonna get picked up and they they can pick them up you know what I'm saying was, yeah you know what I'm saying like I was like that's exactly the same thing it's like if you've seen a player that you're like oh he's nice but I don't think he's draft nice you know what I mean but I still think you know he's a great fit for my team. You probably know that some certain teams are not going to waste their draft on him. Now it's about you giving them the best deal possible. And like you said, that's exactly what happens. When these guys are not being played, you automatically are smelling what that team is about to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, they're probably not going to play him. They're going to buy him out. Like, you you can sense these stuff, like, from miles away. So now it's about you getting ready and giving them the deal. Yep, definitely. <laughs> and... Like you said, uh, two or three years ago, nobody from the buyout market was going to the Lakers or the Nets. No. Teams were not championship contenders. And now no, sir. Fact, you know, uh, buyout guys were going to San Antonio. We're going to, you know, those other teams, to so the Warriors and right. Philly. And, you know, teams that were actually, that had a chance to win a title. And that's, those are teams that got buyout guys. That's a hundred percent what it is. Because it's the Lakers and the Nets and they're in New York and, and LA. Now everybody wants to cry wolf because you know those are big markets. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It just happens to that the two biggest markets in the league now have championship teams. Exactly. No, so yeah. That's that with that. That was just a little rant because people were starting stop making sense. You know, yeah, I'm nah, not with it, man. Nah, I'm not buying the BS. Yeah, and people got to stop acting like the the Nets are, are the monsters. 
They, they kill me. I'm like, yo, you guys need to leave the names alone, man. Yeah. Like, you guys are really attached to the names, and those guys have not been those guys for the past two-something years. Like, they're not, Blake is not that Blake, you know what I mean? And Aldridge can go, he can still go, but, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, especially when you bring it in offense, yeah. I feel like it's not what <laughs> they're lacking. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring, like, start loading up with, like, some great defensive guys and some great rebounders, some guys that can switch up on things. And still, when they start getting those, that's when I'm going to be worried. But I'm not worried about LaMarcus Aldridge, you know what I'm saying, going with the Nets. Like, what what's that going to do? Yes, he can score. Okay. They've been averaging about 100 and something points a game. I don't think adding up another scoring guy is what they need. No, but I mean, at the same time, it's like have, just having another competent offensive player helps. It does, but it it's not a deal breaker. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I would have been more worried if let let's say they would have got like let's say a Clint Capella, for example. Yeah, but those the guys that can play two way are way too valuable in this. Field. That's what they I'm get, saying. They get <laughs> traded. You know, Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Ariza. He didn't go for free to Miami. I think they traded. Like a second round pick or something. Yeah. You see, like a guy like Trevor Ariza, I would have been like, yo, like that's a good addition right there. But like I said, like I'm saying, that's a two way player. Right. You know, like, and, and that's the thing why those guys are in a buyout situation because people felt like, you know what, those guys can't stay on the court defensively in the playoffs. No, no. And that's how I've been saying, like, they're going to have to guard. Every, anybody that sent me, like, a yo, man, you're stacking up, like, yo, LaMarcus going to have to guard. Blake going to have to guard. Yep. And even with Drummond, Drummond going to run, like, Drummond has to guard. But you know what? The Drummond situation, that's kind of worse than the than the next one. Because LaMarcus, it is. Blake has nine knee surgeries. Right. Drummond is a healthy 29-year-old player. That's a fact. That's a fact. Now, that's what I was about to say. That the, the only thing with uh, Drummond is, I feel like Drummond is going to do what Dwight did last year. And yeah. Dwight was very valuable to them. Even better. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, not even better because Dwight, I think, is way more talented than Drummond. But, you know, probably, yeah, at the same level or, or more just because he's in his prime. Yeah. Drummond was winning the rebounding title this year. Right. He was with the Cavs. Yeah. You know, so it's not like he's that's no bum. No, he's at not, all. He's not washed up. At it all. Just happened that they couldn't find a trade partner because I don't know why people think that he doesn't have any value because he can't make a 15 footer. That contract heavy too. That contract heavy too. But you get it for one year. True. You know, but you it has to make sense on who you're giving up though. I mean, yeah, cuz a lot of teams won't be Nah, yeah, they wouldn't want to give up a, a first rounder or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't. It does. He doesn't move the needle for a title. No, sir. Yeah. So yeah, that's a perfect buyout candidate. <laughs> 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 that that smells buyout. So yeah, it's normal that he got bought out, but it's still. He's he's younger than Anthony Davis. Right. He's been healthy for most of his career. So yeah, I don't see what no why people's little Blake Lamarcus they're over thirty, they're pretty much done. It's like Malone and Payton going to the Lakers. Those weren't the same guys, you know. Yeah, they help because they know how to play the game, but at the same time, it's not the end all be all. They're not they're not stacking up. They're role players at this point. At this point, exactly. 
Yeah. Role players with some big ass names. Yep. <laughs> we just had to set the record straight, man. I don't know why. I don't know why he he my boy my boy came to tell you about that because he hit me up about that too. I was like, come on, man. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, nah, a lot of you know a lot of talks on the end and that that you know we had to shut down. <laughs> yeah, facts. You know what I mean? You want you you want the real thing to be set the right way, man. You got to come to full time out. Yeah, <laughs> facts. <laughs> that, that's hey, that reminds me of Diddy when uh. What's his name? Jay Mills was battling on the in the streets, and he was like, "Man, you want you want a battle to be judged the right way? You know what I mean? Like no BS. You know what I mean? You, this this way you gotta come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. Nah, for real though. Hey man, I like that uh, what you put out there. You know, we really be on point with these. But hey, you know, sometimes we talk that talk. You know. You feel me? That's you know that's what we've been doing, man. That's what we've been doing. Got people got to pay attention, man. You know what I mean? Like we we call these out, like if we had an inside man or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks. All right, man. We'll we'll catch up soon. You know, can't wait for that national title game, man. It's gonna be some. It's gonna be a doozy. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, bet. Let's uh, let's catch up. All right. Take it easy. Peace.